Hello, Luck We Had Pod listeners. This is one of your hosts, Amanda, just dropping in with a note before the episode to say, first of all, thank you so much for joining us again. If you're here on Apple Podcasts, please uh, subscribe, rate, review, and uh, we're glad to have you, and we're glad to have everybody here, and we just wanted to give a little disclaimer that this episode, we have a guest on, and we got a little bit carried away with talking about future things that happen in the series just through the context of what happened in this episode. So this episode is going to contain spoilers through the rest of the series. I hope that doesn't bother everybody. I hope that everybody listening to this podcast isn't like bracing for spoilers. We're really sorry. But yeah, we are going to be talking about future spoilers through the series. And we just thought that that deserved a little note up at the top. Okay, thanks. And I hope you enjoy the episode. So, Evan, uh, did you say you wanted to take the lead in this, in our story time? Yes. Okay, let's set it up, though. Um, Let's do the official, hey, everybody, (laughs) welcome back to The Luck We Had, shameless recap podcast. What's up? Hello, hello. I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Amanda. I am Evan, your other co-host, and today we have a lucky guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Lena, and I credit myself as the person who got Evan into Shameless. <laughs> um, and we thank, we, yeah. we are so thankful for that. <laughs> Very thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, Evan and I have been friends for six years, which is kind of insane. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. But we always help each other with all the shows we get interested into. Oh, I, sure. I honestly, I think I want to blame you for getting me into Supernatural, too. I don't think I'm the reason. I feel like you were. Like, just, well, when, I, I remember when, when you, you had start your, watching? I started watching it only in, like, I think, end of seventh grade, eighth grade. Because I remember when you would pose with your fucking cardboard cutout. Yeah, wait, and no, you would, totally, because I was, like, 12 when I was at the height of my Supernatural <laughs> session. And so that would make you 13. Yeah. That is insane. I blame you for everything. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you have to blame me for Sunny, too. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> well, well, moving on from being a, a TV fanatic, all thanks to Lena. Before we get into this, too, um, <laughs> <laughs> we posted, we're we're on Apple Podcasts now. Uh, please go like us, rate us, and review us. Um, but please just be nice. If you don't like us, just don't just don't bother with it. Um, and we get a one-star review. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I'll, I'll do so one. <laughs> but we dropped our new episode yesterday, and... Uh, we got it. We got a handful of listeners right away, which made me really happy. And there was this awesome user on TikTok who shouted us out when I told her about the the podcast. Oh, and really I forgot nice. to look up her username, but she was so nice, and it was so it was great. I duetted her. I think she's like fifteen, but she seems really cool. <laughs> I've been going through like shameless TikTok and trying to be like, do I just comment the name of our podcast on all of them? <laughs> just spamming Honestly. with it. <laughs> That's just okay. called grassroots. That's called <laughs> I, grassroots campaigning. I joined like Facebook, like shameless Facebook groups to be like, hi, uh, so there's this new podcast. <laughs> but yeah, we're doing, let's, let's jump right in. It's going to be a good episode today. I'm excited. All right. Alrighty. So today we are doing episode 10, uh, Nana Gallagher Had an Affair. Uh, this episode uh, was aired on March 13th, 2011, and it was written by, how do you say her last name? Cindy? Caponera? Caponera? Sure. Yeah. Don't it. Yeah. Sure. Um, her uh, second of it's her second episode of Shameless that she has written. Um, and her first was uh, Casey Cassidy and AKA the Heist episode, which we did a couple episodes back. Um, she's already she already has writing credits for At Home with Amy Sedaris. Is that right? 
Yeah, Amy. Sorry, Amy Sedaris played um, Princess Carolyn and BoJack. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she has a sketch comedy show that that, that Cindy Caponera wrote for. So sketch yeah. comedy seems to be this woman's forte. Mm-hmm. Um, and also one or two episodes of Nurse Jackie and uh, Sunny with a Chance. Isn't that that Disney show? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the Demi Lovato one. Yeah. Um, this episode was directed by Adam uh, Bernstein. Um, this is his only uh, Shameless episode he's delect- uh, directed. He's directed 12 episodes of Scrubs. Nine episodes of Oz, six episodes of 30 Rock, eight episodes of Breaking Bad, 12 episodes of Californication, and three episodes of Nurse Jackie. So this man got a lot of things under his belt. Yes, and him and Cindy have that Nurse Jackie thing in common, that uh, mm-hmm. that Showtime did they, hookup. Did they work on the same episode? Oh, I don't know. I did not look that up. <laughs> I feel like that's how a lot of things are is that like directors and writers work with each other on other things and then they go on to work with each other on like other smaller shows yeah. and stuff like that. I like the vibe okay. of these other things this guy's directed too. Like Scrubs, mm-hmm. 30 Rock, California. These are these are good shows. Yeah, no, he has a big like he got a big section of different shows. All right, uh, so the synopsis of this episode, uh Monica returns Breck uh Breck's havoc on the Gallagher clan. While Frank hits uh, a new low to stop a disability worker from tampering with his benefits. Um, so the previously on is Frank. And of course, we're reminded that uh, Karen's dumbass storyline where her dad is trying to re-virginize her and make her born again and bribed her with a car to do it. Also, and the fact that Cash caught Ian and Mickey and shot Mickey in the fucking thigh. So we have that. Um, and then that Steve bought Fiona a house that... Um, right down the street from the Gallagher's home. Um, and, oh yeah, we forgot about Tony. He's still there in the show. <laughs> the only king. Such a king. <laughs> I love Tony. Um, and that the fact that uh, Frank pulled Monica back into the family and she's trying to take Liam and basically Fiona was like, there you go. All right, all right. So this episode starts with, we open on Bob and Monica in the bathroom. Apparently a few days have passed since where Monica and Bob uh, showed up to the house and are playing house with everyone and bob can't wait to get the hell out of there and take liam with them i fucking hate bob i fucking hate Bob. i okay i think bob was a little bit of an icon (laughs) much ahead of her time very much like because i know we're supposed to root for the gallaghers but like objectively they're terrible people but like i i don't know like obviously she was a bitch but like i i respected her in some respects in the sense that i understood like i feel like because of how we know monica is as a person like we don't really know what monica has told bob about their whole home life so bob's probably just like fuck all these people this is our baby down stuff like that right and obviously she had that sort of mentality where she was like oh well when i met you you were like in so much pain but she doesn't i don't think she really understands that monica is like the reason for all the pain well that but also i don't think she understands i don't think she knows or understands because there was no mention about monica's bipolar from bob so i don't know if she understands that monica is bipolar yeah that's mm. why bob always came across to me as like an abusive partner like she found this little baby bird and she fixed her up and now she- monica's gonna do whatever the fuck bob tells her to do because bob's like no i fixed you so like listen right like that's that was always my big problem with bob and like get your hands off Liam. Like, can we leave Yeah, that was definitely the one thing that she did that I was like, all right. I mean, to be fair, she only was there for like two episodes. So like, 
I can't really have that much of an opinion on her. <laughs> yeah. All right. So while that's all going on, Lip overhears all of this and goes back down to his and Ian's room and they just stare at each other. So overwhelmed with having Monica and Bob just in their household now. Um, over at Fiona and Jimmy's new place, um, it's too quiet and Fiona can't stand it. They're in bed and they hear baby monitor Fiona that has placed next to the bed so she can keep tabs on the kids because she doesn't trust Monica to do it at all. And apparently it works uh, like a walkie-talkie because her and Debbie just keep on like talking back and forth and uh, they're doing it while fucking well, Debbie's brushing her teeth. Yeah, um, that, first of all, that is how baby monitors work. <laughs> I didn't, no, know, I didn't like, know. I didn't I never really had a baby monitor when I was I, younger. I'm pretty like, sure that's how they kids. work. I'm pretty sure you can radio back to the other monitor, but I didn't know yeah. two way like that. I didn't know that. Um, pretty sure that's how they work. Because I feel like certain times, because I feel like they definitely upgraded with like the screens and shit like that. Where like oh, for sure, talk and stuff. But who knows? It makes sense. I definitely bet that part hurt me so much because like. Like, obviously, we've seen over the last nine episodes that Fiona is the only mother that these kids know. But, like, for real, like, even with their mother in the house and Carl and, De- Carl and uh, Debbie are just up late and Fiona from down the street is like, all right, but did you brush your teeth and do your homework? Like, can you please go to bed? You have school in the morning. Like, oh. Right. She, oh. she was bad. only supposed to. It did to, break me. She was supposed to be just younger a little. than me. And I, I, every time that she has to take care of these kids, I'm like, she's supposed to be three years younger than I am right now. Like, no, incorrect. Oh, yeah. So I did a little bit of math later because she mentions that uh, it's been 23 and a half months since um, Monica left. But then she also says, like, oh, I should have done this when I turned 18 because Frank was so broken when Monica left. So she's only like 19 or 20 in season one. She mentions that she's over 21. She's almost 22. She mentions that like a few episodes ago because um, math and time don't exist here. No, period. I mean, like, let's talk about Debbie's three birthdays and Ian being 16 for three seasons. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, like, early, this is so early. This is way earlier than I've rewatched in a really long time. It's so weird to see how young everyone was. Mm -hmm. But, like, they definitely, they, they messed her character up a little bit in later seasons. Oh, Fiona? It was a little... Yeah, yeah, she didn't feel like the same like mother to me, even though I understand that the kids are grown up and she was starting to live her own life. I just didn't, it didn't feel like Fiona at its core to me. Yeah. Yeah. I still love her though. <laughs> I heard season seven and eight with her and Ian got like super contentious and, and terrible. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was they got, they like, had a big fight. It was just like really hard to watch because she just became like nasty in a sense and like she had her reasons. But she just became, like, really, really nasty to, like, all the kids. And, like, it got to the point where, like, it made sense because she's older and she wants to be able to, like, move on and live her own life. But, like, those kids were not set up to take over Fiona's position in any sense. So they're still going off Fiona's the mom figure. So, like, I don't know. It just hurt a lot of the things she said to a lot of the kids, especially Lip. Like, her and Lip throughout the last couple seasons, I did not like that either. I mean, I will say that it worked because he did... I mean, spoiler for everybody. I try, like, we're trying to avoid spoilers, but... I mean, I can cut it out if we go too deep. (laughs) Well, it's whatever. Lip Lip does end up getting sober um, after his little stint with alcohol. Um, So I think her tough love worked in a sense, but definitely did not feel like the same Fiona that we know 
as of right now. But I can see the progression of her character, though, does kind of make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Just in the sense that I feel like she was so, like, not in the sense, like, innocent baby, but she had that, like, mentality because she was so young. But then she's gotten to the point where she's old enough and she was like, I don't need to be the superior anymore. (gasps) All right. Uh, So the next morning uh, at the Gallagher house, Monica is struggling to keep up with the morning routine. She has to sign permission ships and Bob's being stingy with money because the being stingy with the money, but the kids need school money. Like, what do you think? Like money doesn't grow in trees, bitch. Um, And Monica's not good at this. And Bob is not helping at all because Bob's just standing there holding Liam, like minding her own business. Fiona's listening from her window, flicking a uh, lighter nervously, frustrated as hell. Steve shuts the window and suggests that Fiona go help. Fiona refuses because she knows Monica's going to fuck up soon. And exactly, like, yeah. I I love Jimmy Steve as much as the next person, but, like, the timing for all of this was just so weird. And especially now, and yeah. Steve's like, no, lay back. You're going to be fine. Go check on them. But um, she's like, you're the one who bought us this house, so we don't need the, so I don't need to be there. Yeah. And, like, then... Fiona starts listing off. I want to keep a running list like through the series of everything they say Monica has done to them because this is like the beginning of the list. Like Monica and Frank. Yeah. Like I like in the in upcoming episodes in like sorry spoiler alert in like the court battle where she's like listing off. Oh, here's why right. I need custody. She's, I, uh the Ian the Ian fever thing. That broke my heart. Oof. That made me cry. That poor little baby. Anyway, back to All right, let's just <laughs> yeah, let's just go down a list of uh, Monica's uh, transgressions so far. So she left a Carl at Oktoberfest until November. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, burned a hole in Liam's sweaty pajamas when she fell asleep smoking a cigarette while nursing. And uh, never called, never came by, and uh, never sent freaking a birthday card ever. Burned a hole in Ian's sweaty pajamas. Like, oh. Poor Ian. Ian really gets like Ian really gets the short stick all the time. He (laughs) he pulls the the short stick of the Gallaghers for real. Is is it season one? Is it season one? Is it season one when they go try to see uh get their DNA test? Is that season one? This is this episode. This is this episode. (laughs) Oh my god, I blacked out watching that episode the other day. (laughs) But yeah, yep. So Monica um, has fucked up quite a bit. Uh, Fiona acts like Monica leaving was a joy for her, and it didn't really devastate her, but we all know that's fake. Yeah. Um, Steve recommends getting a lawyer. Uh, Fiona says, like, like this man's suggesting a lawyer to the people he's been spending, what, the last, like, six months to? Like, uh-uh, she can't afford lunch. <laughs> <laughs> um, he buys her a phone, and she fights it a little, but eventually accepts it. Well, let's add that to a list of gifts. Steve tries to give Fiona. She fight, she's um, fighting it just to be polite. <laughs> I can't take it. Um, back to Monica. Uh, she's packing lunches for the kids and handing them off. Uh, Bob says that they won't be here when the kids get home from school and gets an attitude when Debbie asks why. Like, what? why you gotta have an attitude with Debbie? She asks you a little question. This girl's like nine years old at this point. And she's like, Fiona always tells us why she won't be here. Because she's the primary caretaker and they should know where she is. Yeah, there's yeah. no other adult in that household at any time besides There's no Ian. other, like, legal adult. Like, Lip and Ian, like, are, are good 
substitutes, but they're just really like babysitters. Like they, they got their own just... shit going on. <laughs> Literally. Liv sends the kids on their way and puts his foot down that over his dead body that they are not taking Liam with them. And Bob tries to square him up. Um, I don't know, Bob, you're camped out at my house. You're fucking my mother and you're talking about stealing my baby brother. Why would we have a problem? Exactly. Random bitch comes in. It's like, this is my baby. Like, no, no, no. Who are you anyways? I love Philip. I love Philip Gallagher in this scene. Like, I, and, and it's just a Jer- Jeremy Allen White getting to be angry on the show makes me He's so incredible. happy. He's incredible. I think Lip season one through five is just amazing. Yeah. Like, he truly has some of the most unhinged moments in the show. He was pretty great I in season 10, so too. I really enjoyed him in season 10. Yeah. I think it's also yeah. because Jeremy Allen White also just became a dad, so it felt so authentic. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Congratulations to him. I'm so happy for him. Literally. And, uh, him. What's, yeah. yeah. What's his, his wife's name? Addison? Tammy. I think so. Oh, his no, real life. No, no, no. Not yeah. that was real life. Oh yeah, Addison. I think that's... I think you're right. I'm not sure. I don't recognize her from like any things, like any shows or anything. No, I don't think they've ever, like, they didn't work together before they started dating. Oh, we'll get into that later. How, oh yeah, like, he's everybody not on Cam. He doesn't just other. date people that he works with. Uh. yeah <laughs> Cameron right. dates yeah Cameron dates literally everyone he works with but oh my god except for, for Noel um, Fisher if you're a Mosher fan get out of here get out of here <laughs> period I just think it's kind of creepy well and also Noel and this isn't even to say anything about age gap relationships but when they met Cameron was 17 Noel was 26 yeah. so thanks, like shame. thanks shameless yeah. well so like for anyone to be like oh my god they're in love I'm like meh Noel's yeah. been happily with an incredibly gorgeous woman Layla. for, like, over a decade. She's so pretty. that I, like, tried to see, like, what she was from, and the only thing I could find IMDb is that she played a makeup artist on that Muppet show that came out, like, a couple years ago on Fox or whatever. She was I on the short-lived... A couple movies. She was on the but... short-lived TV show on Hulu with the guy that was the lead on Burn Notice. Um... And she was really good on that. That show should have gone on longer. It got canceled too soon. But, like, she's good. I like her. I like her. Yeah. I think she's very sweet. Even she's though I don't know her in real pretty. life, I think she's very sweet. Yeah, she just seems very pretty. She just has such a good, like, vibe to her. I love her. Like, no, good for yeah. her, Noel. Anyway, so right, Lip's so standing after, up to Bob. Yeah. <laughs> get her ass. Um, get her ass, Philip. Um, Monica pulls them apart and Lip, of course, storms out and Monica follows him out and tries to fucking bond. Lip's looking, he's about to burst into tears and th- it hurts. Like, I hate watching this. Um, Lip and Monica's relationship doesn't get locked um, at that much, but fuck, it sucks. Because we really don't know that much about Lip and Monica's really involvement with each other. We really hear just what Fiona has to say about everything that happened when they were, like, way younger and stuff like that. It's a spicy yeah. kind of trauma is a great note. It's, it's a, that I said that it's a spicy kind of trauma. There is really, truly nothing like your parent, um, a, like apologizing to you for something they, for some, for like how they hurt you or like how bad they quote unquote did. Like there is really nothing like it because it's like, that's when you really start to see your parent as like a person instead of your parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, that's kind of insane to me. And then Lip drops my favorite quote of all time. Next time you think about dropping in, don't. You fucked us, fucked up our lives enough already. And boom, walks away. Like I love him. Yeah, I, yeah, I like I. 
like I said, I love Jeremy Allen White. I love what, and he, he, him and Chloe Webb and Emmy Russell and Chloe Webb. And then later in later seasons, Cameron Monaghan and Chloe Webb. Like the, the, the trauma and the tension that builds when these people are in scenes together is just so, oh, I just want to grab it. It's so good. She, she really brings out the best in all of them, Chloe Webb. And it sucks that she didn't, she wasn't on the show that much, but like, she had such a huge impact on the show, even though she only appeared like five or six times total. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just because of all like the underground trauma of it all that like her, she basically fueled the show in the sense of her not being there ever. It'll forever. Yeah, make me and bitter. it's like it'll always make me bitter that uh, Mickey and and Monica never met. Like this yes, is- yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The yes. fact that Trevor got to meet Monica, but. <laughs> Amanda just walked Let's away. Let's not talk about Trevor. <laughs> me, oh my God. Me and uh, Amanda made like a disclaimer at the beginning of our episode, like last week. We were like, listen, when we talk about how much we hate someone, it's not because of their sexuality or their race or their gender or how they identify. No, it's because they're a fucked up person and we don't like them. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that. Like, when, like, mostly about it's Trevor. Nothing, it's nothing on the actor either because, oh my God, what is his name who plays Trevor? Um, Elliot something. Elliot, Elliot something. He yeah. is incredible. Elliot Fletcher. Yes, he's incredible. I respect him so much, but like his character. Oh my god. Yeah. And it's the same thing. I, and it's like it's like you're really gonna try to like I think I think even though Caleb was kind of shitty, he had a it was a really hard act to follow. Yeah. Anybody who's trying to follow being in a relationship with Ian after Noel Fisher just totally like rose the bar up to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you're not wrong <laughs> you just can't yeah. recreate the chemistry that they have you just can't recreate it it's i love that we always just no matter what we're talking about the storyline and anyway mickey and noel um <laughs> yeah period well there's not enough of him in the early episodes yeah um i will say this about monica i think like she could have been a really great interesting layered character if they had spent more time with her like brought her more in like her and ian had such a connection but i do think that her end was the right decision the way the way that they ended the way that they dealt with her character i think was the right decision um but she had like her moments where she really really seemed like she wanted to connect and commit to them but her instability and especially her taste in partners like she is so easily manipulated and persuaded and it's just i I do kind of feel for her, even though she was, like, the worst. Yeah, because she has that innocence factor to her, but then you also have to play in that she... I really don't... I not. I, do we know she's bipolar in the early seasons, or...? Yes. We, we know there's something off about her, but they don't name it, at least. Oh, up okay. To they don't... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I feel like that's also such a big factor, because, like, you almost in the sense that, like, you're just going ham all the time, and then you find that one comfort person, and then you ride that out, and then it's kind of, like, jump into the next. Uh but no, I agree with the sense that like Monica could have been an, a really interesting character that they could have developed because I feel like a lot of her storyline was just built off of previous knowledge that the kids have talked about um, with like their traumas with her and then her also coming back and starting her own feuds with everyone and stuff like that. But her send off, I, 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 as much as I don't like her, I did cry. It was a really sad and sincere moment and especially the funeral, like that shit made me cry. Yeah, and it does, I mean, it does seem like the... Uh... A lot of the time when she comes back, not necessarily to always stir the pot, 
like she just kind of shows up and they yeah. have a good time for a little bit because they're like oh mom's back like if you remember like season two they all went to carl's football game mm. and then thanksgiving but then obviously something happens and she's sent away again yeah for some reason obviously season two is very very sad but it's just like she kind of makes an appearance and like has a moment a bonding moment with somebody like whether that ends up being positive or negative and then just just kind of like sent away again and like and i i think even just specifically the monica storyline is why it was i enjoyed that this show was qualified as a drama for the first four seasons and they only changed it to comedy because they didn't want to fight with breaking bad and with game of thrones in emmy season every year but like it didn't fucking help them um so like, yeah they don't win emmys anyway <laughs> when they leaned into the drama everything was so meaty and so good and then we got at post season five we just got seasons of fucking nonsense until they until they brought their golden goose and fisher back like i <laughs> yeah i really think well even then in season 10 like there were some moments that yeah were played for laughs that i felt like could have really benefited of- from being dram- dramatic the, the whole kev things that and then like the um the one scene where they're both talking about like like they both think that the other one killed their parole officer and it's like that it's like played so for laughs funny. It's so funny but i'm just like wait the amount of jokes that were in the last couple of seasons like yeah it made me laugh but i'm just like it almost feels like a sit like not a sitcom it just it doesn't it didn't feel as real anymore that oh yeah one thing that sitcom. definitely sticks out in my mind is the 7-eleven send-off where they put noel in a dress but like I I don't know. It was supposed to be this dramatic, heartfelt, sad moment. But we're but they're like the show is making the show him. is making fun of him by like putting him just because like the whole situation seems extremely absurd. So I just felt like I don't know. Like it was played for laughs when it really shouldn't have been. Yeah, and it I agree. Been this, like sad, heartfelt moment. But whatever. Like when he got and in then the we car got and like pulled the wig kiss. on, it like brought. It, all the tension that got built up in the goodbye kiss just got destroyed when he fucking pulled that ratty ass. When he put the wig back on. on. Oh. I'm going to put a disclaimer at the top of this episode. Um, yeah, so we will be talking about spoilers in this episode. There's no way around it. Sorry about it, guys. Um, if you're not caught up yep, on the new sorry. <laughs> there's too many. There's too many actually shammy stands in here right now, so it's inevitable. Yes. All yeah. right, let's continue. So, right, over to the Jacksons' house. Um, Karen's dad is trying to find something for them all to watch on TV as Karen gets ready to school, as if everything's normal. Like, no, it's not. You're the worst man in the entire world. Like, uh, it, Karen, just everything about her makes me sad at this point. Um, Karen asks if she can get her new car painted, and her dad said some stupid stuff about Jesus protecting her at a purity bar. The purity um, ball, sorry. The purity ball, yeah. Ball. <laughs> Um, Sheila makes Frank a whole gourmet breakfast, but he blows her off because he needs to go sign the settlement with Monica. The amount of food waste Sheila prepares for everyone that they don't eat will always be the death of me because I would kill for a Sheila meal. (laughs) Bro, like she, she's on Rachel Ray all day, every day. Yes. Those muffins during when Debbie stole the baby, I would have, I would have eaten all of those muffins for her. That was also me. Like it. Oh, what I'm panicked and everything is terrible. I'm gonna make some muffins and I'm gonna just keep making some fucking muffins. Like I love that. I love that panic response. Good for her. <laughs> yeah, seeing Karen is always really weird. Um, when obviously you're caught up and like it, she's been there for a really long time. I did see that Laura Slade Wiggins, who played her 
mentioned a couple times that they had some disputes over her contract concerning nudity. Because I feel like Karen was like always. I saw her boobs probably once a season that she was in. Like you saw her boobs a bunch of times. Yeah. But it, I, people still, yeah, people still come up to her and are like, like, oh, do you still do like super like nude work and stuff? And she's like, I haven't done any nudity since Shameless. Yeah. I feel like that's the thing about Shameless is that you can be on Shameless and more than not, you'll probably have to see your boobs or your ass and then you'll never be doing Shameless is just one of those shows that, like, if you're on it, like, we're going to see something of your body. (laughs) And that's so weird to say that, but I think that's just, like, how the characters are written and just the situations we're put in that it's inevitable. Yeah. Yeah, but I I do think I saw her mention a couple times that they did have some sort of dispute over her contract concerning nudity. I will probably have to fact check that, but I saw As in that she didn't want to do it as much as they were writing it in? Yes. And probably because she was a, she's a lesser known actress. So even with those, she had sex scenes and they, they were like, oh, you need to have nudity in it. Like Sheila is fucking constantly in this show. Tell me one time you ever seen Joan Cusack naked. Never seen her naked. She has been in sex scenes, but she was never like naked because Sheila had that whole like femdom thing. (laughs) But like, it's also the Joan Cusack power to be like, yeah, no, I'll do a sex scene. I'm keeping my fucking clothes on. Fuck you. Like, and they were like, okay, cool. We'll just make her be the top. (laughs) Exactly. So I don't know. It was kind of weird. Yeah. I feel bad Uh, for the women that got, that had to like, like both of the girls that played man, or I guess not Jane Levy. Jane Levy didn't really ever have to get naked. She wasn't, I don't, yeah, she wasn't in the show long enough for her character to have an arc like that. Cause she, Mandy doesn't get with Liff until season two or three. Yeah, when it's Emma Greenwald. So, yeah. So, like, Emma and the girl that played Karen and uh, the woman that plays Svetlana, even, like, the, all Isadora, of... Isadora, Laura, and uh, Emma. Yeah. And then I love Emmy, Isadora so much. And then Emmy and Shinola, too. Like, it's just an insane amount of nudity that you have to just keep negotiating. Like, hi, is this, like, necessary? Or do you just want to see titties? Like, what? Well, yeah. and it's crazy. It's crazy that Emma, Emmy was doing as much as she was doing without being paid the same amount as Bill Macy. Mm-hmm. As much nudity as she was doing. I feel like she should have been compensated way more for that. Because it just feels like... I mean, depending on how you feel about it, like, as the actor or actress, like, of course, it's totally up to you. But I feel like it's a little bit too much of an invasion of, like, your own privacy to not be compensated extra for. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, we have to see Bill Macy's wrinkly ass so time. (laughs) But we have to see Emmy's boobs and then she didn't get paid as much as him. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, it just doesn't feel right to me. But... Let's continue, I guess. Let's continue. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, she was very insecure about Frank being around Monica, and she tries to make sure that he'll be home for a dinner because she was just thinking, like, her and Frank got their little thing, and now we have Monica back in the picture, and she's scared that she's going to lose him. Uh, Frank goes outside, and we see him being tailed by a car. Interesting. I wonder what that's going to be about. Um, back inside the Gallagher house, Bob is super happy that they're leaving the house tomorrow. Uh, fuck you, Bob. We don't like you. Um, and fuck you, shameless writers, for making all these characters who fuck up everything for the Gallagher's people of color. I don't want to hate all these people of color, but you put this in the show, like, aren't V and Liam, but Cash and Bob can choke. Yeah, like, literally, V and Liam are the only people of color in the show that are the ones that you're supposed to root for. Like, Cash is a pedophile piece of shit. Bob is an asshole trying to steal Liam. In later seasons, you get Caleb, who's an ass to Ian. Like Caleb, you get Nick, who was involved with Carl and the whole drug running 
thing. Nick's, oh, Nick's yeah. door was very sad, but like I at died. the end of the day, you weren't supposed to root for him. Yeah. yeah. And then um, the girl that Carl starts the date that like fucking fucks him over too. Yeah, that girl. And then later in season 10, the girl from the chicken restaurant too. With the Mexican yeah. family, yeah. God. Like, shameless really do we hating on people of color. Every person yeah, they really say POC the don't see them. That's well, and it's so weird for a show. It's like for a show about poverty to mistreat people of color so intensely. Exactly. Like, it makes sense. I, I feel like a lot of the time it's like we see like most like the alibi is morally like just normally just the same gross like trashy white people and then we have to once we are introduced to the poc people we're like yes and then we learn their storylines and we're like no (laughs) i will say like when but when we do get introduced to trevor and we have this whole like other community in the shelter that we're introduced to there are some really good characters in there oh yeah oh yeah i think that was a a really big step for shameless to really include more of like the lgbt kind of side of things than just being like mickey e and gay fuck in store like Oh, I was, yeah. I was and, glad to like branch off from that. Oh, and um, I just forgot about the woman that Jimmy Steve married, whose dad was like a <gasps> drug yes. trafficker. Brazilian girl, yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Uh, I forgot about her. She was like, she's a handful. Yeah. <laughs> she and, was, uh, I kind of li- lived for her though. She and, was so dramatic all the time. <laughs> and on the sex scene thing too, like, sorry, while well, we were still talking about the sex scenes, I didn't bring up like, I understand early on in the series, um, Cam is too young and they and they couldn't do Ian and Mickey sex scenes and stuff. And like I, I don't mean it in a way to like fetishize the the thing, but like the amount of straight sex scenes we have to see in the show. Like this is the network that gave us queer as folk and the L word. And you're telling me every one of Ian and Mickey's sex scenes is just a deleted scene that we have to wait for on a DVD? Like what Not even just a deleted scene, like it just doesn't exist. It's just implied. Yeah, we had that one, that one like soft one with the with the daydream in in like season 5 oh, on the deleted that scene. Was that deleted. one deleted. It's deleted it's scene. It's deleted scene. We get Well, the and only, the like, the season real... 10 scene that everybody rioted over. Um after Mickey gets out of prison, there's a scene where Ian is cleaning up his uh, like head wound, and yeah. then they talk in the bedroom too. <gasps> yes, yeah, me and Amanda were talking about that one. Like not even just the sex scenes, the soft scenes of them just like being a couple just get eliminated. Like it just does make it make sense. I know it can't be the network. This is the network that did Queer as Folk in two thousand one. Right. I don't get. It's insane to me. It is so insane to me that, like, Ian and Mickey are the couple that everybody says fucks the most. Like, every character in the show is like, oh, like, they're always having sex. Like, they're fucking all the time. They even had a fucking, like, wedding cake topper where Mickey Literally. Which, first of all, that's also another thing that I did not appreciate about the whole show pivoting to comedy. I was kind of like, really? The they're getting goes. married after everything they've been through and, like, this, this. The wedding, I mean, like everybody was kind of living for it. I saw it, but that like, one as like a fuck you. Uh, I I bet Mickey picked that because like yeah, Dad. Yup, I do. Yup, I do. Like yeah, that felt like true. a little bit of that. But <laughs> it just like it's insane to me for all the characters to be like, oh yeah, they, they fuck the most. They're probably leaving to go fuck. Like they have sex all the time. Their wedding cake was like them having sex, and we like never ever see it, and they don't talk about it. Never make it make sense. Kevin V were literally fucking for like the first two episodes. 
Literally. All the time. Yeah. The amount of shit, like, the Kevin V, like, remember when they did all, like, their web fucking, like, live porn things? And they would be in all, like, their little get-ups and their little outfits and stuff like that. Or and then we, we had, had to see, to like, see... Ian and Mickey grunting in a store shop. Like, yeah. bruh. <laughs> we had like, to see them when they were trying to get V's mom pregnant to be a surrogate. <laughs> we had to see that, too. <laughs> So many, like, abandoned memories from my brain are just coming back right now. So anyway, oh people God. of color and queer people get very mistreated on this show. And that's just something we have to live with. And we have yes, to, period. We have to and women, through. apparently. So Yeah. Yep. All right, let's just keep going. Uh, Monica says that she doesn't think they can leave and that she shouldn't, yeah, that she couldn't take how heartbroken Lip looked and that she doesn't think that they should take Liam anymore. And she thinks um, she can handle being a mother... Uh, she thinks that she can handle being a mother to them now that she's back. And Bob says that when she met Monica, she was like a beaten dog and convinces Monica that they have to leave and they have to take Liam. And we love a manipulative bitch. Mm-hmm. Never thought I'd see Happy Frank, but he comes bursting in the back door to take Monica to sign the settlement papers. And why, what does this part say? Why are we talking about Frank? Uh, why are we talking about Frank? I don't want to talk about Frank. They get into an argument between like, like Bob's like, oh, well, I have the strap. And Frank is <laughs> yeah. like, well, I have the real thing. And it's just like disgusting. He talks about how he's like a grower, not a shower. And I'm just like, but like, okay. I don't want to think about that. We already have um, a whole episode about your balls. We don't need to talk about your dick now too. Like, um, Bob says that Monica isn't signing anything until uh, Frank gets Lip, uh, Lip Fiona and the kids on board with them taking Liam. Bob says that they couldn't be asking for a spouse support and half the settlement, and Frank agrees to get Fiona's blessing and ask where she is. Uh, she's next door. She moved in with Steve. And then Frank goes, who the fuck is Steve? <laughs> Good, Good question. question. I only know Jimmy. <laughs> I only know Jimmy. Um, so Frank goes over to Fiona and Jimmy Steve's place. He knocks, no one answers, and then he notices that the car is still following him. Um, he goes over and confronts Jasper, um, the spy he knows is following him, to prove that he's not actually injured and doesn't deserve a settlement. Do we know what this settlement that he's running from is? Is it like his leg or something? No, it's the... It's a workman's comp he's, claim. He's claiming disability. He's claiming migraines for something, I think. They mentioned that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the settlement that he's actually trying to collect right now, I have n- I cannot remember how he got that. I think they yeah, said I, that I, I think like the, later, the disability is something else. Yeah. He's got so many lawsuits pending, just phony lawsuits. Yeah. And right. Funny waiting. <laughs> I love the way you wrote this over to dot 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 school because time doesn't isn't real and shameless. Over to school? <laughs> um, Ian and Mandy are sharing a cigarette in the bathroom and Ian is asking um, how Mickey is um, and stuff since last episode he got shot um, Mandy says then uh, prison hospital but she hasn't visited Ian says neighborhood watch ladies offered to throw him a parade for shooting Mickey <laughs> I love that uh, Mandy said Cash better get the fuck out of town before her family fucks him up and good we don't care about Cash in this house I also um, like them- Jane. Sorry, I'm reading your note. I I also like Jane Levy's Mandy. I enjoy Jane Levy. I think I, she's great. She just embodied the character really nicely, and I I did really love Emma as Mandy, but it really it kind of sucks to me because like she obviously had to leave um because they wrote her character off, but her and Jeremy Allen White dated for a very long time and then broke up, and I assume that's why she doesn't want to come back. I don't know for sure. 
but also they just haven't written her character back in. I mean, I know but... Jane Levy is booked and busy right now with Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, oh, but they could, always. Always, they could always pull a Roseanne and just be like, what do you mean Becky's look like that the entire time? And just bring Jane Levy back for season 11. They could do that. <laughs> yeah, or anybody, <laughs> honestly, but... But anyway, early season Mandy with her knowledge, her her just complete... I think she might have liked Ian too much to even see anything that was happening. She had too much of a crush on Ian. But like... A complete badassery though. Baby girl, it takes you so long to find out that your best friend and your fake boyfriend... Or that your brother and your fake boyfriend have been fucking for years. Like, it has I, to be... I will never get over the scene when... Uh, Ian goes over and like him and Mandy are sitting on the couch and he's like I'm gonna go use the bathroom and she's like you want pizza rolls how long were him and Ian fucking for her to be able to put those pizza rolls in the oven take them out and eat them and start a video game like she didn't Probably think anything like was out of, minutes. like she didn't think anything out of the ordinary why Ian was gone so long and Mans comes back disheveled when I say disheveled real. Real. and then Mickey comes back <laughs> and just joins them like that's a normal thing like, yeah, like he like sits down burps and goes what's up faggots or something like that or yeah, like, but it's faggots like, but like it's so weird because it's like oh but Mickey's supposed to have this reputation of like never wanting to hang out with Mandy and Ian and then he just like does he's like yeah. video games <laughs> like really Mandy couldn't have just been like I'm gonna have a brain real quick <laughs> I'm gonna have a brain um, all right, let's see. We keep, I love us. We keep getting excited. We talk too much about that. <laughs> we but all yeah. know too much. But yeah, Mandy um, says that Cash has to get out of town before her family or before Mickey gets out of jail and fucks him up herself. And like, I agree with that sentiment. Agree. Um, Lip comes into the bathroom and he and Mandy start to flirt a little bit. Um, then Lip says that him and Ian need to skip third period because kids, they don't need to go to school. They don't need to be in school. When was the last time they were in school? We don't know. Um, and then back to Canary Street, uh, Tony is standing outside and, uh, outside of Fiona and Steve's house. But there's Tony. We missed him. Where'd he did go? We, wait, when did they say that they lived on Canary Street? I think that was me. I think they, I think the, the, um, actually, I think it's actually on Canary Street. Like, I think that's where the house like, is. In that's Chicago. the real street. Yeah. I because, so, yeah. uh, they give their address like multiple times as like South Wallace. Yeah street or road or whatever so i like I didn't google it but like, from my memory i just thought that the house was on canary street for some reason i, don't know. I would totally believe that the writers just like fucked it up though yeah yeah it was yeah. probably just like in the background when one of them are running down the street at some point and people are like oh <laughs> yeah um fiona pulls up with v and kev's truck and lets tony know that yes yeah, steve bought the house and apparently old man harris died in that house and tony is bitter um, she just leaves Tony on the street and V helps uh, Fiona carry in a new couch into the house and Frank is chilling in the house already when they get in so it's Frank like, straight what? just broke in yeah. well, he goes no he, he's so funny he goes you need new locks <laughs> <laughs> As, I love him uh, but he um, says some cruel shit to Fiona in this scene mm-hmm uh, Frank says that Fiona obviously doesn't care about what happens to Liam because she moved out and then he said it's none of her business and that he's getting his money and fuck you Frank you don't deserve any of that money uh, Fiona says that the, uh, she thinks he's serious and she's right um, with Frank and the money shit is always serious Frank storms over to the alibi and Kev tells him Sheila is making him pot, uh, pot roast and that Jasper is around asking questions again Jasper is the disability investigator who's trying to stop Frank. So that's who we know who's been tailing Frank throughout the episode so far. 
Um, wait, hold on. <laughs> wait, CJ, this comment. <laughs> this made me laugh really hard. So I'm I'm definitely somebody who like looks for little details and scenes. Um, this made me laugh really hard, but Frank sits down and Kev starts pouring him a beer out of the tap. Kev, who is a quote-unquote expert bartender, pours a beer that is almost entirely foam. Like the half of the glass is taken up by foam. Are we are we going to uh, put that in the list of he's just doing it to be a bitch to Frank if the props department just doesn't know how to set up a keg or Kev is just that dumb? I really <laughs> yeah, think... It could be all of the above. Here's what I think. Well, because in, in other shots, it it evens out a little bit more to be like how beers normally look. But I just really think they had Steve Howie pour a beer from a keg. He has no idea how to do it. He puts <laughs> it down. It's half foam. And then in later shots, it's like corrected to be like less foam. But it's like, teach him, how to, teach him how to pour a beer. <laughs> if he's going to be a bartender for 10 seasons, teach that man how to pour a beer. I remember in later, sorry, this is another tangent we're going on. This is a weird episode. I like it. Um it's the most chaotic, but it's really fun. In later seasons, Steve Howie, he start like he doesn't have that Kev doesn't have that much of a storyline. And I remember I was watching like Sons of Anarchy at the time and a couple other shows, and Steve Howie just started appearing in all of these other shows. And then after that season was over, suddenly Kev had a huge storyline. And my dad and I he had a theory. And busy. My dad and I had a theory that he was shopping around at other shows, going like, Give me a better storyline or I'm fucking leaving. And he like, guest starred on Workaholics. Oh, did he? Uh, in the episode where Adam's somebody dies, Adam's grandpa dies, the one with Jack Black, and he plays Adam's cousin who works at Medieval Times breakfast uh, tournament, Medieval Times like dinner tournament, yeah. you know, live action. He's yeah. the Blue Knight. Um, and then later, he also worked with the Workaholics guys on Game Over Man. He, which I don't know if you guys have seen this movie, it's basically like um, a hotel gets taken over by terrorists. He's one of the like, terrorist quote-unquote like just plays like a gay um i won't say like soldier but he's he has a very big role in that movie all right but anyway kev is a shitty bartender kev's a shitty bartender doesn't know how to to pour a beer uh frank says that monica looked beautiful and that she was mouth herpes first of all rude um but it's that's a gift that keeps on giving giving. Um, and Monica's is so me. Um, we go over to the V's house where she and Fiona are looking up how they can override parental rights to Liam. Uh, Fiona says that she could have done this when she turned 18, which sucks. But also, how old is Fiona? We will never know. Allegedly, um, she's 22. Allegedly. Allegedly. Math um, she's probably like 19, 20. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we find out that Frank one time locked Debbie and Carl um, in a car at Indian Bingo. Um, <laughs> I love how they just drop these things on us and then scene change. Yeah. Um, over to Lip and Ian in a car Lip borrowed from Steve. Uh, Ian tells Lip not to let Fiona find out that he's stealing cars with Steve. And uh, then we get a brother check in time. So this is, we love our Ian and Lip heart to heart moments when they just talk about everything. Um, oh, wait, and can I? <laughs> go can ahead. I? So Ian, like they, they literally have not had a chance to sit down and talk this whole season and Lip can sense something is up with Ian, and Ian's like, okay, so Mickey's gay, and we're doing it. Cash shot Mickey because of me, but Mickey would rather go to Juvie than admit he's gay, so I'm doing both Cash and Mickey. Well, not so much Cash lately, but when Cash and me were hot and heavy, Linda found out about it, and she's blackmailing Cash into having another kid. And Lip just looks at him like... Wig. Wig. (laughs) (laughs) Lip's just like, 
Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. He does not know how to process it. All stride though. Good for him. He's literally like, uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> he's just happy he ain't fucking cash anymore. That's what he's happy about. Uh, I love your little note. Precious baby was dealing with this all on his own. He never wants to be a burden, so take everything out on himself. Uh, poor baby. <laughs> That's just middle child syndrome. Yep. <laughs> Literally. Yep. Uh, I hate being in the middle child. I'm also the middle child. Of, Me too. I'm in the middle of six. Six or seven, I think. I have six siblings, so I'm in the middle of seven. I'm the baby on one side, and then I'm the middle on the other side. Because my mom has kids, and then my dad has kids. I'm well, I'm the middle in both. Both, uh, both my step-siblings and my blood-siblings, I'm both the middle. Damn, double trouble. I'm the middle of three. I know. <laughs> and that's, why I'm, sitting here, that's why I'm sitting here recording a shameless podcast. <laughs> because and that's I, why we're I, all here today. I filled all my time with TV, so. Shameless is for middle children, that's all. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so we see Monica and Bob carry Liam out of the house before Lip and Ian can follow them. Uh, Ian says he's going to go see Mickey in jail today and Lip gets a little smile on his face because he knows Lip, he knows Ian got it bad. Um, and Lip knows many things. I love how like just from this, like Lip doesn't really say much, but you can tell like he definitely feels for his brother and that like he also like isn't a homophobic asshole. So because yeah. he, he's like, yeah, good for you. He took the first you want. episode to adjust to the news. But like, I think even even with some shitty things he says in later seasons, Lip always knew that Mickey was the one. Lip knew, I think, from this moment when Ian's like, oh, I'm gonna go visit him in prison. Lip's like, oh, fuck, you got it bad. Like <laughs> Literally, because he knows that Ian can have like anybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm. Um, over to Fiona and V in the lawyer's office asking what she has to do to adopt Levin and possibly the other kids. Um, the lawyer says that she needs to prove that Frank and Monica's, um, incompetence, uh, and we get a timestamp. Monica has been gone for 21 and a half months, and Liam was two months old when she left, so Liam is about to be two years old, but that that kid does not look two years old. He looks like a baby baby. Well, he can't even talk. Yeah. Yeah. He can't talk or walk. They just carry him everywhere. And then, so yeah, like, and then here's here's your math notes. Um, here's your math notes. So, 21 months. She mentioned earlier that she was about 18 when Monica left, and um, and then so Fiona is only 19 or 20 in the season, but she has outright said that she's older. But I, I, I don't know. I understand how timelines and stuff in TVs can be like, and TV shows can be very overwhelming to like put back and forth. But like, I feel like with this show with so many characters, I feel like they should have had a structure down. Like, okay, she left. When this time, when she just kept notes. This they, time, this would have been such an easy problem to solve. Like all of these problems, like Ian being like sixteen for a while, and and Debbie said Debbie supposedly was born in December, October, and July, um, <laughs> because she they mentioned uh, that her birthday's in December, um, and then. Monica's like Debbie what do you want to do for your birthday and Debbie's like oh well October's not for a while and then remember that weird virginity poster that she had mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. marked her birthday down as July and I feel like this all could have really been solved with just a whiteboard on the wall yeah. <laughs> that they just kept that they just kept character details on like it's so they easy. literally could like that even that if they just would have given each character a year they were born and a month not even a date i feel like all of those things would have been so much easier yeah yeah one timeline um, on one wall that's all we needed one timeline. it also on one yeah wall. it also got weird after season five because like 
they claim that it was only a couple months after season five, but obviously, like, it took place a year later in real time. And the so it, it was still, like, 2017 then, but it was actually 2018 or something like that, and it was just bizarre. The pregnancies mm-hmm. that they have on this show, like, like, I can't. I pretend I do not see it. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I pretend I no babies are real on Shameless. Like, Svetlana got pregnant with Yiv and had Yiv in the time that it took for Kevin V to decide to impregnate their mom and for V to get pregnant and then for them to have a full pregnancy and then they had their whole, then they had their babies at like the same time. Like none of that made any sense. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Who, who first? Is it, does V's mom have the baby first? Yeah. Yes. And then, and then, so is Yevgeny born after those babies? Yevgeny is born in season They're born four. right around the same time. It's season four, but like, yeah. The, it was it was it was four oh eight or nine because it was after like they spent the night at the club. To, it was four oh seven eight or nine, like around that time. You've getting Veronica. The morning, the morning of four oh eight. Whatever, whatever. Anyway, we're Anyways. in the lawyer's office. Anyways, we're at the lawyer's office, and the lawyer reads the uh, Fiona's um file and to see how incom- um incompetent uh Frank and Monica are. Fiona learns that she doesn't earn enough money to support them. And the best case scenario, Fiona has to fight it out in court with Frank uh, while the kids get placed in foster care. Uh, Cut away to Bob and Monica picking up paternity results. Uh, And guess what, everyone? Fucking Liam is Frank's kid. What are the odds? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Monica thought she was pregnant while she uh, did E with a bouncer. Um, and Bob tries to game the system, says that they need to uh, go make a deal with Frank to get him to sign over the, the paternal rights uh, so Fianna can stop picking Liam. Um, like, it just makes no sense. Like, you literally just got the DNA results. How much more are you able to fight the system in that sense? Yeah. Like, especially if it's Bob and Monica, and they're trying to remove one of their kids from the kid's, like, family? Because I feel like a lot, like, even though, like, uh, CPS isn't the best in the world. Like, they have their flaws. Yeah. But I feel like, like more than not, they try not to take one kid away from a large They try to keep kids. them together. Or, yeah. like, or, or at least pair them off. Yeah, also, yeah. like, what is their frame of thinking? Like, Monica's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have him sign over rights so that when they take me to court, I can be like, no, 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 I'm going to take this child because he is mine. Yes, I am abandoning my other five, but I'm going to be taking I, this one. That's but what I want this saying. one. <laughs> she, like, Fiona can still claim incompetence, which is what she was trying to do in the first place. She was going to try to get custody of all the kids, not just Liam, by claiming incompetence for both parents. She can still claim incompetence for Monica. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, sorry. Yeah. Uh, we go outside and hear Bob ranting about not letting Frank take her son away from her. And bitch, who are like who are you? Bob has no relation to any of his family, and she sees this one little black baby, and she's like, "That's mine." That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Not how it works. Um, Lip and Ian observe this from where they are sat outside and notices that she does not look happy. Uh, they go into the office and they talk to the receptionist. And what what is Lip doing? I wonder. Um, but then from that, we jump away uh, to Carl in the backyard making a bike ramp out of plywood. Like Carl, we love our daredevil. Yeah. Um, what could possibly go just, wrong? Just unsupervised, uh, making a bike ramp. <laughs> yeah. Why not put another freaking action figure in the microwave or a fish? <laughs> um, over to Frank walking back to the house, and Jasper is tailing him as always, and he confronts Jasper. Um, and he says that he's not going to get uh, the one, he's going to get the 1,000 for uh, providing that Frank is faking his disability. 
and Frank moons Jasper, and then we get into the Gallagher house. Oh, we love Frank, but more no, we don't. really would did not have fun. No, I watched it. I watched it. I was like, no, it's I don't a like small, it. little wrinkly butt. Um, he lies and said he talked to Fiona and everything is good. Then he takes the beers out of the fridge and some snacks and then just camps out. Like, just because Frank thinks he can just steal all their food whenever he wants. Um, back to the unsupervised demon child that is Carl Gallagher. I love that. Uh, Carl gets on his bike and his homemade ramp and falls off of that shit so hard. Then calmly walks up to the house and tells Frank that his arm's broken. Like, that injury, like, that's nothing you can just casually walk away from. The amount of people I've known that have broken their arm and saying that's the most excruciating pain they have ever been in. And Carl's just like, I think I broke my arm. Well, yeah, I've, like, never, I've never broken my arm. I broke my, I've never broken a bone, except I've broken my thumb. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of, like, chill about it. I was at volleyball practice, and I broke my thumb, and I just kind of, like, walked up to my coach, and I was like, can I go to the trainer? <laughs> But like Carl full up snaps his arm and just walks in and is like, I think I I think I broke my arm. Like, bitch, what? Yell. <laughs> Casually. And then Frank just ignores him, then punches him in the arm, and then we get called reaction injured. And then tells him to go get his bike. I wonder what he could be hatching. Then you I think you you wrote a note saying that you think Ethan actually broke his arm. Well, because I know in season five when he broke his leg, they wrote Carl to have a broken leg and they did the same with cam um cam, cam. Yeah. but i think doesn't carl break his wrist later too probably or something somebody breaks their wrist but i um, think you're definitely right i'm not sure who though of any but actor, i don't know if ethan actually had a broken arm during this time because i don't know if the cast like stays on in in future episodes because that would make sense yeah but a lot of the time when they when they write in like a broken bone just for like a plot point they take the cast off like very quickly yeah they don't really keep it in for continuity but if the actor actually broke a bone then they like, and we don't have time on, to get so into all know. the more interesting ways they could have broken ian's leg in season 10 without uh i get too angry <laughs> anyway <laughs> sad i just i i forget who i was talking to this about but the fact that Nikki pushed him down the fucking He punched him in the face and fell down the stairs. I was like, I thought we were past this. I thought we were past the domestic abuse. Exactly. I guess not. He he literally, here's the thing, they could have just had Mickey run away, Ian chase him, and fall down the stairs. Exactly. It was that easy. Exactly. It was that easy. Anyway, uh, Ethan, Carl broke The amount of times we just go anyways. Anyways. (laughs) I think this is going to be fun. This is a good good episode. Better have Um, that. This is going to be fun. Yes, you're more than welcome back, please. Yes. All right. Coming up on the living room side of the stairs, we have Lip and Ian. They apparently know that Liam is Frank's child, and they got paternity paternity tests of their own when they were stalking Monica and Bob, and they decided that they want to take their own to find out and see if Frank is actually their dad. Um, they said they can find out a lot from these tests, like who got the alcoholic gene from Frank or the dummy gene from Monica. And again, let's not assume the writers had plans for this because, ouchies, Big ouch. that fucking hurts. Big ouch. Ian manifested that one. <laughs> like, out of, Ian like, was out like, of all... Ian was like, I'm manifesting, I am not Frank's child, and also I have bipolar disorder, and then it happened. Like, out of all of the characters that had those, that conversation and to bring up those two qualities of those personalities... And for those, it's, it just hurts. It hurts. 
yeah, big ouch on that one. I yeah. No. Ian manifested. I hate you. <laughs> he manifested. So he said he said um three six nine method. <laughs> uh, but we do end it on a cute or if any of us are gonna turn out to be gay and let high five Ian for that one. We love we love brothers. <laughs> um back to Frank, ew. Uh, walking outside uh, down from the street as Jasper follows him. And for some reason, Frank just starts running. Um, and then Carl comes out of nowhere and lets Jasper hit him with his car and makes Jasper believe that he broke Carl's arm. We, we love smart men. I Even though a, yeah, I I'm surprised that Carl didn't get any more damage yeah. than uh, just more damage to his broken arm. Like, I made a note, this is he obviously a horrible thing to do to your kid. It's obviously about don't actually ever do this to your kid. However... It's not a bad idea. Like, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> it got him off. It got Jasper off his back, and Jasper probably paid for Carl's cast. It's not. It's not the worst idea Frank's ever had. Not the best, but they are pretty creative. And of course, knowing Carl, he was just like, sure. Like, you're given the yeah. two people who have no boundaries to do crazy shit. It's inevitable. Yeah. They always have like the best moments when they pair those two up. Yeah. When they pair Carl and Frank up because. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, but speaking of bad things, we're back at the Jacksons' house while Karen's dad says that the pot roast smells good, and then she was like, "Not for you." <laughs> um, Karen comes in and gets into her dress for the stupid purity ball or whatever. And as much as I hate this storyline, I feel so bad. I feel so bad for her. She literally is the only reason she's doing this for this car. And but like her dad has so many other ideas, and it just like. It hurts. <laughs> and you can see in her eyes, like, this is a girl with daddy issues. And, like, for the first time ever, her dad seems proud of her, and it seems like they're having a connection. And they're, like, and, like, it, it feels like it stopped being a joke for her in this scene, where she's just, like, is genuinely happy to be spending time with her dad. And, like, oh. Yeah, God. the, uh the the little montage we get of them taking photos, she starts out as just, like, acting like pretending to be close to her dad, but then it like really melts into like she's actually excited. Not like excited, but actually feels like she's becoming closer to her dad, which is just yeah, devastating. Like, even though like as much as like she's not like wanting to be like a born and grand Christian, she's like excited to like more so have a relationship with her dad. And she's also expecting a car out of this. And like she's already doing fuck shit, but like she's doing what she can because of the scenario she's in. Yeah. And like yeah. man, as like you said, she got the daddy issues, the biggest daddy issues in the world, and the fact that her dad, her dad actually wants to show her some affection and like actually go out of her, his way for her, even though maybe his plans aren't up to standard as as nice as they would be. It just it hurts because you, this is just the I think this is like almost like the this is the downfall of Karen from this scene. Yeah. Just the pivotal. Yeah, downfall. I think this is really when her, when her descent started, even up until season five, like this is just really when everything really started to go downhill for her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah even she, even Sheila thinks it's sweet and she's like, you know what? Fine. She's so excited just like taking photos of them on her little digital camera and she's like hyping them both up and she's like, you look beautiful. And I'm like, she does. <laughs> This freaking the show. <laughs> I love this note. The show insists on cutting between Sheila scenes and Mickey scenes, and that's the way to say thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the good ass food. Thanks for the good food. Um, so, is this a prison or is this a juvie? Because Mickey it's is juvie. like it's juvie. It, it's, it's juvie. It's, yeah. Well, they said he's in jail awaiting sentencing, 
So I think he's in like actual jail and then they're going to sentence him to juvie later. Is I don't he, think is this he, is where he was. Is he for juvie. supposed to be like 18 at, no. at this point? In he goes to juvie time? Again. No, because juvie is, juvie is for minors, but And he goes I to think... juvie again in season two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I, I remember think... that part. Well, no, it's the end of season one to the... Oh, yeah, yeah, he gets back into juvie. Mickey's age is also always highly debated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But... Because I feel like... I'm not even sure, like, what they said, like, what his charges are. Is it mostly just robbing? And then self-defense is why? Probably attempted robbery. And then, yeah, they... They chalked Cash's up to self-defense. Yeah, I think Cash probably said... Robbery, assault, maybe... Cash probably said he tried to steal from me, so I shot him. He probably didn't say he was fucking my 15-year-old boyfriend, so I shot him, but... <laughs> well, that was the thing, was that, well, Mickey, like, is just going to take the charges because he doesn't want to be like, no, the real reason he shot me is because yeah. he got mad at me because I was having sex with somebody he was involved with who was also a minor. Yeah. <laughs> like, he wasn't going to say that because he's not out, and he won't be out for a very long time, but, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Everything yep. is just sad. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, we're at prison and Mickey hobbles in on his little crutches to the visitor booth. And he's like super sweet and thanks Ian for putting money in his commissary. But then we find out that Ian just made cash do it. <laughs> but like, anyways, give money to Mickey. We love it. Stan a, I um, stand a man with brains. Yeah. <laughs> and Mickey gets a little smirk on his face, appreciating that he continued the steal from that man. Um, Ian, Ian's so soft in this scene and I, I love it because he, Mickey's not having any of it. <laughs> it just, it makes this scene so much like funnier to me. Um, Ian asks how long Mickey will be in and Mickey says maybe less than a year on good behavior. And Ian says that Mickey, uh, he'll miss Mickey and Mickey says, say that again and I'll rip your fucking tongue out of your head. And Ian blushes. Like we, the, the, how much he's in love with this man, I could never. And Mickey um, blushes too. Like they're flirting. <laughs> well yeah they they sort of established that like rapport with each other because literally the first time they hooked up ian was or he said uh kiss me again and i'll cut your tongue out of your mouth or something like that whatever oh oh, it was like try to kiss me and i'll cut you i'll like cut your fucking tongue out because it's like when they're leaving the bedroom or whatever yeah but then they end up hooking up again so obviously ian's like okay when he says that stuff like he doesn't really mean it but also i feel like i I've learned, I've, I've felt this a lot in, like, not just, like, fan fictions, but, like, in other shows and stuff like that, is that I I understand why they didn't kiss, like, for legal reasons, in the sense, because, like, Cam was so young and Noel was so old, but I, there was a lot of things, is that a lot of people, like, define kissing as more intimate than actual intercourse and sex, so that could have yeah, been a thing was... with Vicky, because it makes it seem more real and more personable, I guess, with kissing, so that I think that's another thing with it. And also, like, apparently they didn't have sex, like, face-to-face until season two. Yeah. Oh, damn, yeah. Because so, well, we, we get the first on-screen Mickey and Ian kiss when they're robbing fucking Jimmy Steve's dad's house. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! And then Mickey gets shot in the butt! <laughs> that bitch that bitch from Drake and Josh shows up. Stop! <laughs> and is like, and is like, rifle time! Uh, and then my favorite part of this scene ever when Ian puts his hand on the glass and me and Ian's Mickey's just like looking when he's like take your hand off the fucking glass and it's just his little, his little blushing I love them and that was I, had an improvised no moment. That I had no idea that that was improv yes I had Some no of idea your, most of that's your favorite insane. Ian and Mickey moments have been improv from like well, yeah, I knew 
I knew Evan Dole's power. Yeah, yeah the for flask little. in season four in Emily. I knew about that. Yeah. I knew about like the head kiss that was improved. It was their last take of the night, and they improvised that and they kept it in. Yeah. A lot uh, of their other stuff has probably been improvised too. Which head kiss? The one after they beat up the bar Terry. fight. The yeah. bar fight with yeah. Terry. Gotcha. Oh, that part. Those boys were so bloody and gross looking. I couldn't. And the hug. You know I'm coming back for 411. The hug in the police station in season five also improvised. Like I, I didn't know that. Yes. That hug. It, that hug is just a different level of emotion yeah. for me. It's. Anyway. Anyways, over to Steve, who's zooming down the street, but we have to assume it's a stolen car because we've seen this man in a motorcycle and like 15 different cars so far. So we don't know what he drives. And we see a police car following him. And oh, 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 who could it be? Connor, you're looking parentheses. <laughs> um, Chicago's only cop, maybe. <laughs> um, and that's right. Tony pulls him over and congratulates Steve on the new house and says that Fiona is a good girl. And drive carefully. You don't want to get hurt down here. And not going to lie, you're not, you don't like Tony? I like Tony. I do not like Tony. I do not I like, like Tony. Tony. I think Tony... I like Tony when he came back, I didn't like him in, in season one. Because Tony's, Tony. like Tony's, oh, nice Tony's such a nice guy. Tony's such a quote-unquote nice guy. He's like, he's he's Ross Geller. He's, why don't you like me? Well, because you're annoying. That's why I don't like you. Like, he was I, in for and it's like, he, he's like staking this claim over Fiona, and that's why he's so, like, yeah, he's a cop, and he suspects, like, Steve of doing shady shit, but also, you're just being creepy, and I don't like it. Not a fan. It's compulsory heterosexuality. Yeah. It's in the past. It's in the past. We don't it's know. It's in the her. past. I pretend I do not see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to the Jackson house, and Sheila is asking questions about the purity ball. Um, father daughter promise springs um, and chastity prayers. Exciting. Yes. Um, Sheila asks if they have balls for young men. He says, Why would they? Mm. And Karen and Sheila have a little mm. look. It's very cute. <laughs> Karen's like, yeah, mom, thank you for asking that question. <laughs> thank you. Um, Sheila takes their pictures, and then they go off to the purity ball. And then, jump cut, we're over at the alibi with Frank, celebrating getting Jasper off his back. Um, Kev says that if Frank dies, he's going to go into his funeral and sing a song <laughs> that goes, I got money coming. <laughs> uh, season one, Kev, you're totally correct. He's so good. He just doesn't give a fuck. He just, like... He's involved in everything and just has, like, one word to say about the situation. And then, like, that's all we need to know from he's him. He's here to be a good foster dad and get pegged. That's it. That's what he's here for. Um, and then Fiona, Lip, Carl, and Debbie come storming into the alibi saying that Carl's okay and they were able to reset his arm. So I'm guessing that means that Frank didn't even take him to the hospital. He just got Carl hit, dropped them back off of the house, and then made everyone else be able to take him getting That's to the literally hospital. what happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm accepting that Ian isn't there because he's probably on his way from visiting his man. <laughs> um, Frank complains that Monica hasn't signed the settlement papers and find out that Liam is really his. He thought that there on. was a rumor about Nana Gallagher having an affair with that saxophone player. And, and I love that. It's like, is that how genetics work? It's like, does that mean that his dad 
was the child of a black man and that he carries the recessive gene. Like, is that what we're supposed like the, the whole concept of this doesn't make sense. Yeah, Nana well, Gallagher I, had an affair with I guess Nana Gallagher had an affair with a black man and then had a baby that didn't look black but now has a recessive gene that Frank that's, carries. Yeah, that's the thing that always confused me because it was like it was like, well, okay, so um I understand that like being mixed race comes in all shades, but it's like, okay, so Nana Gallagher had a son that let's see, Nana Gal so the son would be Frank. Right? Or Frank's dad. Nana or Gallagher, dad. assuming it's so, his grandma. Who was half black but is white passing. Then Frank's dad had a son with a white woman. So Frank is one fourth black but still white passing. And then Frank has a son with a white woman who is one eighth black but looks fully black. Sure. I- <laughs> All right. Okay, shameless. Okay. Let's pretend that's how that works. Um, um, well, what, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a geneticist, we're not geneticist, but we don't know. We don't know. Like, it doesn't seem right to yeah. me. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Um, Fiona makes Frank promise that he won't sign over the parental rights. And even um, Frank doesn't think Monica is serious about uh, taking Liam. But um, even if she does, Liam, uh, even if she does take Liam, he'll be back. Like, like she, knowing Monica, like, it's not like that's the last time they would, they would see Liam if she does theoretically take him in this scenario. Um, Fiona begs him not to sign over rights and says that Lip says that he has to walk away right now before he fucking hits Frank. And then you know what? Let's fucking deck him. Let's let's rock the shit out of this old man. Yeah. <laughs> and then I love the note, glad when you're friends with the bartender and he won't kick you out for hitting someone in the bar. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. <laughs> Fiona says that if Frank gives up Liam, then she is gone forever. And Frank says that she will never leave because she loves the kids too much. And like that's right, but also fuck you, Frank, because does this man not remember that these children are also his children at this point? Frank just goes at his own speed. Um, We go over to the purity ball, and we hear some stupid Christian sex-hating women oppression sexist bullshit. (laughs) One girl says that she was assaulted, and that if she didn't touch his dick, that she was going to get hit with a pipe, and her dad calls her a slave to the flesh. This whole scene just makes me really hurt and really upset. Like, why do we think assaulting women is funny? Like, why did that just need to be, like, a hee-hee-hoo-hoo thrown in there? I don't know if, like, I don't know if it was meant to be funny. I think that they were really trying to be, like, look at how fucked up this is. What what was funny was that, like, everybody's, like, having these normal experiences with sex and having to share them as if they're something shameful. And then Karen stands up and is like, here are all my craziest stories that I am not ashamed of at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so jump from Purity Ball back to the a family meeting at the Fiona and Steve's house, and they're talking about their legal options to keep uh, Liam there. And, oh, guess, guess who's actually in a family meeting? It's Ian! <laughs> uh, Lip comes in and says Monica wants them to come to dinner for a family meeting, and Fiona asks for pot so she won't commit a felony. Uh, Lip points out that Fiona called Monica mom, and that was weird. Um, and then I'm going to read your comment. A cute little detail in the scene. The family dynamic of them is passing the blunt around, all swatting Carl's hand away. <laughs> it happens a couple of times. They're passing the blunt from person to person, and Carl reaches for it every time, and they all smack his hand away. And that reminds I me of the them. moment in season 10, where they're all sitting in the kitchen planning the Galovich wedding, and Carl keeps and they going all take and getting the beer a beer, from Carl. and everyone keeps taking a beer. That's why season 10, the finale of season 10, 
felt so season one to me and it's moments like that it was amazing because everybody like that's the thing that i really miss about shameless post season five was that everybody was like together in that episode it felt like like after season five like everybody was always off doing their own thing and it makes sense because they're older and they're not in the house together anymore and there's like not one like real adult in the house but like they never even spend time together or communicate with each other in the newer seasons ever yeah ever and it just like i miss it yeah but i do love little details like that swatting carl's hand away from the joint that's great and then back to the purity ball and oh no it's karen's turn um she gets up and tries to be vague to get through it but uh it's the fucking leader of the ball pushes her and so karen is honest just because that's what you're expected to do at a purity ball and baby girl started having Earl sex at 13. She had sex in eighth grade and admitted to experiencing with men and women. Um, and apparently Mindy in the shower with a big strap on dildo was the bridge too far. And then her dad in the middle of front of all of these people stands up and go, whores don't get cars. You put your daughter into this scenario and want her to confess to her sins and you do that and then you treat her like this i think it was that but it was also just her, her the way she was talking the way about she was it. talking about it she was like she was proud of it and like for good like good for her yeah but like he i think just when he saw that she was like proud of it he was like you are yeah or don't take cards <laughs> And then we leave from that terrible moment back to the Gallagher house where Monica is serving burnt-ass lasagna and said that it's um, Ian's favorite, but he can't even identify it. Um, Bob tries to start in on the Liam thing, but Monica uh, smooths it over and Frank comes in for the free food, obviously. Uh, Fiona says that they don't want to hear about them taking Liam. Uh, Lip comes in with his paternity results for him and uh, Ian, and then it turns out that Ian is not freaking frank's son and then everyone just looks super shocked and surprised and especially frank like i'm surprised that he actually like seemed like he was fairly bothered by it because from this episode where he doesn't give a shit that he's about to lose one of his kids but then he finds out that one of his not his kids and he's like actually like hurt by it like make up your mind i also think that frank has a frank other than carl i other than like carl and debbie in the early seasons frank has like the most of a friendly connection with ian that's what I think. Like the the one time that, that I can really think that Frank like did something super shitty to Ian in the early seasons was when he punched him in the second episode. Yeah. Mm. But like other than that, most of their interactions are like actually pretty casual. Mm-hmm. When I feel like Frank genuinely gets angry at Lip and Fiona and sometimes Debbie and Carl. But like that's such a serve of Ian to not be Frank's son. <laughs> Maybe that's such like a a thing. Why like it in the sense that. Ian is so much like Monica it almost makes sense why Frank has like a little more of a not connection but I think more like feelings with towards Ian or whatever because like of that stuff even though it wasn't known until way later in the seasons I feel like it was just kind of like that unspoken thing that he just like maybe reminded him of Monica in a sense yeah Um, and Ian is like the only child who continues to call Frank dad despite being the only one who is not Frank's son mm -hmm. um but in later seasons, he really gives no shits about yeah, Frank he at all. Fuck. He gives no fucks at all. Um, and then we're back uh, at Sheila's house, and Karen comes storming in, and she's screaming and sobbing, and Sheila's just, like, overwhelmed and worried because she has no idea what the hell just happened. Um, Karen uh, 
runs down to the basement and starts trashing all of her dad's stuff, um, screaming that she has um, made me think he loves me. And like, that, like the scene hurts so bad. She's in so much distress and she's so sad. And then she just starts break down crying in Sheila's arms. And they just have, have like such a moment to herself. Like, I don't feel like she. we've really seen her and Sheila both that vulnerable ever. And for that to be the reason why, just like, I feel like it's another level of heartbreak. And then we're back from the dinner. We're back to the dinner, the, our favorite dinner. Uh, Monica says that she doesn't know who Ian's dad is. Uh, oh, we love to hear it. Um, and apparently Ian was conceived in the summer of 95, which makes him about a year younger than uh, Amanda in this scenario, because I think his birthday is in May. So that means by season 11, he should have been 24, 25, which we'll see if that's true, because age isn't relevant and shameless anymore. Yeah, so Mickey supposedly turned 26, like, on August 10th, like, a couple of days ago, and supposedly Ian was born on May 9th and is 23 in season 10, but then he was also 16 for, like, two or three seasons, and everybody else aged, like, a year, like, everybody else just like, grew a year older, even though the seasons don't line up, because season two is summer, well, season two is summer, season three is summer to winter, Season four is like almost entirely winter. Like nothing really makes sense. I know. Like we have ever. so like we have like two we have like three winter seasons in a row. And I'm like, where's the sun? Like, yeah. are you yeah. how are you guys always cold? And like in the sense of this, like, do we take this as the writers just didn't really put in the factor how old they should be, or just like they just let it the rock and roll and then they were like, an age will be important for the storyline when it's needed. Yeah. Well the seasons changing like probably makes it a little confusing. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But but again, whatever. a timeline on a whiteboard. That's all that's all <laughs> all we needed was a whiteboard that that <laughs> stuck to the wall. That was it. That's um, all we needed. Ian just says a piece of paper. Literally. Uh, Ian says that the results say that Ian's dad is probably one of Frank's brothers and Monica honestly doesn't know. So apparently she fucked all of his brothers. And so we know that what Frank has a twin brother and then two two other brothers. So uh, a twin. Um, Patrick is their cousin, isn't he? Yeah, Patrick's their cousin. Okay, so he has a twin. He has Clayton. And then he has the one that sells smoke sausage and cigarettes out of the back of the truck. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think it's more angry that in the summer of 95, Monica did PCP without him than actually knowing that he conceived his child with her. Um, and then we get a quote that says, how can we get back together now, you delusional idiot? Um, and apparently Bob and Monica are getting married. We love to see it. I don't even think, was gay marriage even legal? No, only in a few states. And yeah, they well, but they didn't live in Illinois. They probably would have just gone to a different state. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and Carl's confused how two women can get married. The homophobia from everyone here is so spicy. <laughs> Your comment. <laughs> um, Frank asks, uh, like, which, uh, what is it that so she's going to leave me again to deal with six kids? And Fiona's like, leave you? Exactly. Like, Frank hasn't been here at all. It's been Fio- the Fiona show for the last two years. Um, and Monica said that Frank treated her like a dog and he kisses her. Because we we love solving all our problems with making out with our lesbian significant other. Um, but she's not even well. She I would I would consider Monica to be bisexual because then yeah, like later in season five she has uh, another male partner. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would categorize Monica as a mess. Like <laughs> yeah. she's a bi mess or Gender a pan sexuality mess. She's a just mess. a mess. <laughs> she's just like whatever happens happens. 
Um, Bob insists again that she and Monica are taking Liam and Lips, like I said, absolutely fucking not. And Frank is surprised that Monica wants a divorce. Um, Monica says that she and Bob deserve a family of their own. And Fiona literally is just like, you still have one. Like you have one that you could fix or be with. And Monica's really hung up on the fact that she didn't, um, that she didn't leave, but Frank, but Frank drove her away. And she goes, you have no idea what it's like being married to him. You have no idea how bit, uh, bad it is. Like, bitch, these kids have lived with him just as much as you have been involved with him, too. They understand what man they're dealing with and what they can. Ugh, makes me so frustrated. Um, Fiona stands up and puts an end to it, saying that it's not their fault that Frank is an asshole and that she needs to leave B Liam, take Bob and get the truck and never come back. And Fiona's 100% correct. They have no audacity to just walk up in here, play house for a couple days, and then decide they can tear everything apart with all this new information. I understand how she can say, like, he drove me out. Like, I had to leave. It was a it was a bad environment for me. Like, I understand that. But she absolutely could have just kicked Frank out and kept the kids if yeah. that's what she really wanted. Yeah, exactly. Like, the law would have been on her side pretty sure like so but like but like who was putting the anything on the table for them before monica even went away was my, my monica actually being the mother role like because i don't think really she worked work. i don't i don't think she really did anything i think her and frank ran like insurance fraud and stuff like that and fiona was the only one who like actually worked yeah mm -hmm. and now he's um, the only one with a consistent full-time job <laughs> yes or okay. jobs jobs i guess because she definitely worked multiple jobs but maybe hopped around from place to place yeah consistently worked though and then after all of them with their anger dispute all the kids get up from the table and leave i want to read this note wait read your note <laughs> um i just want to say like rest in peace to ian because he just found out that he's a bastard child and he can't go on to his boyfriend like that's so sad <laughs> like literally monica showed up in town and was and ian was like okay i have to go have sex now but like he found out that his entire life is a lie and he can't go see mickey like that is so sad. They kid can't win. Oh. Especially oh. in this episode. He cannot uh, win. Um, back to the saddest house of all, the Jackson house. Um, Sheila confronts fucking the horrible man he is and gets mad and kicks him in the ass. And go, Sheila. She fucking deserves to have this authority. And she basically, like, forces him out of the house. And she leaves the house without thinking. And she follows him out to the car and screams, don't ever come back. She's out of the house! Get his ass! Get his ass! Get his out of her. Fuck yeah on Joan Cusack in this scene, too. She just goes feral. She goes feral in this scene. She's, like, slamming on the car as he drives away, too, and still is, like, standing in the road screaming at him. And then as she's kicking him out, Frank's just blotted out, he's walking on the street, and Sheila asks if Frank saw what Eddie did, but all Frank just looks at her and goes, you're out of the house. And she didn't even notice. And she's just like, what? I'm so happy for her. She deserves all of that in the world. Frank be um, like, here for dinner. Here for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we go back to Fiona and Steve's place. And the kids are all gathered, spying out the window at what Bob and Monica are doing. And apparently they left Liam in the house with them. Like, like what? Like, what? They're so adamant of them not wanting them to take him that they all just left and left the Liam with them. Like, okay, shameless. Um, and the kids see Monica and Bob come out of the house and they all rush outside and stand on the sidewalk as they're loading up Bob's big old truck. Um, Monica's holding Liam and she 
looks at the family and walks over. And like during the scene, it's like re- like you can tell all the raw emotions on everyone's faces, like all the kids and especially Fiona's because you don't know what's about to happen. And it's so quiet. And like, there's like this really nice, like instrumental or song going on. And like, it looks like Monica's about to walk into the truck, but then she just turns around and that bitch is sobbing. And she just like walks over and everyone just like looks at her. And then she just hands Liam the Fiona and all of them are just like so shocked. And like, I feel like that it was such a big moment. And like, it like hurt in a sense because like, obviously what they've been dealing with for like the two last episodes, but like, the fact that in the end Monica, Monica turned around and literally gave Liam back to them, like that show that that really says something. Yeah, and the, then, Im- the imagery of this episode, the end of this episode is really powerful. Like it's cold outside; they're all crying. the The breath is like fogging up the air. Like just definitely, just really powerful setting. Mm-hmm. And, Chloe, and like I like this note. Chloe they, uh, yeah, you want to read your note about it? Oh, <laughs> uh, what the Chloe? Chloe? Yeah, Chloe has power. Like her and Emmy's fucking ugly cry faces are just. Chloe Webb's ugly cry face, I could stare at it all day. It's so good. Because <laughs> it's exactly what happens when you, like, just have lost control of your body and need to sob. It's just like, yeah, I'm going to look like this while I just lose my mind. And it's A+. plus. It's so good. Uh, like, I, she brings the best out of everyone around her. Like, she really, like, she really creates a scene for herself. And, like, I... It, the way everyone just plays off of each other and like you, it seems more genuine than like anything ever like especially she's, in yeah, the, she's especially the show every time she's there especially in this show when she's in the room it's she's the focus point and like everyone is just like basically like bouncing off of like her character's energy and it then cut to credits and then that's the end of the episode um and then we get an after credit sequence of frank is uh signing the settlement papers with an Asian woman he hired to be Monica, and the clerk calls bullshit and sends them away. And of course, Frank's scams never work. And God forbid we end on a dramatic moment. <laughs> they always gotta add. They always gotta add that one little thing in there. Like, yeah, you just had like a really sincere moment, but here's some more fuck shit, so it's not that deep anymore. Yeah, I, I love your note. Your yep. shout out to Lynn Paolo. We gave her a little love last episode too because of Mickey, oh, Mickey's she's, sad she's sweater. The best. Mickey's sad sweater was in the last episode, so we she's, had a well. She's the best. She really like takes a lot of care in putting together the wardrobe for each character and really making it feel like they all each have like a style. Um, and then I also wanted to mention I can't remember who does the music the show like who picks this who picks the soundtrack but they always have such great music i have so many show. songs that same i've, gotten, I've, I've like had so playlist. many songs from what i've gotten from the credit music oh my god there's that one song i forget what episode it's from i think it's from an earlier season it's called all you leave behind that song goes so goddamn yeah, hard i think i remember that one or like um november was white december was gray is the song when Fiona comes and sees Steve at the car shop and she's like all dressed up. Mm. It's like their little reunion moment. That's in a really early episode. I think it was episode two, maybe. I have a whole playlist uh, on my phone that's just Ian and like significant Ian and Mickey songs. Yeah. And it's um, Sleep Forever. Portugal, if Move Like You Stole It on there, if Move not, Like You Stole It's Not on there, I'm going to have two. a problem. It's move Like two. You Stole <laughs> It, Basic Instinct by The Acid. Yeah. The high, sh- oh, I, have, I have The Love God. You Got. Of the luck you got, move like you stole it. Love is a battlefield. Pink and white, living on a prayer. At last, uh, raising hell by Kesha and perfect by Ed Sheeran. Yeah, uh, uh, the way we get by by uh, tongues by Joy Wave. That song yes. during Ian's bipolar drive. 
Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like what else they used. They used the black keys um, when she that was Sheila's exit song uh, in season five when she drove away. Uh, um, yeah. Oh, falling together, the Mason brothers. Mm. That's that's the scene when um, Mickey's like, "Sorry, I'm late." That's sorry, I'm late. Scene. Sorry, I'm late. Um, <sighs> hyper Hyper Flowers by Los Waves. That's the song that plays when Mickey's running to Ian at the end of season five. Oh, oh my God. So, I yeah. gave it heart and it hurts a little bit. Hurt. Yeah. Alrighty. That yeah, that's the end of the episode. So there is a storm of ruin outside of my window. Oh, she's getting she's getting salty up in here. It's gonna it's about to get spicy. It's gonna be great. Yes, uh. there's a thunder here too. All right. So, how'd you guys feel about this episode? What are your feelings? I love this. this for it not being like a super um I guess because obviously I'm like an Ian and Mickey and Fiona and Lip like Stan. So like for it not being a super like Galovich heavy episode, this is really one of the better episodes in definitely season one, but like in the entire show, it's just, it's dramatic and it's funny. And I don't know. I really like, I do like this one a lot. It It is definitely leading towards them ending on a high note in the, in the, in season one. It's them like planting their flag and being like, and we're here. Like it's, yeah, it feels like a very, um, it feels like this episode, and this always happens with with episode 10s in this show, because obviously they're all, like, 12-episode seasons, so, like, specifically, I think about, like, 510 is one of the more memorable ones, too. Like, it really feels like episode 10 is always the setup for whatever big event is going to happen at the end of the season. Yeah. So, this feels like a good they're ramping up the tension a lot, which is nice. Yeah. And I love, I love Chloe Webb. I I love every time we see her and like, this is the last time we see her for season one, but like, I'm excited to see more from her in the future. I'm excited that there was no cash in this episode. It was a very, yes! good yes! a blessing, zero, a blessing, zero cash oh, content cash and a whole cash. good Mickey scene. We love that for us. Um, yeah, not a lot of Kevin B in this episode. Not very Kevin B centric. I think yeah. in season one, definitely they existed as sort of an extension of of the Gallagher's, or they were really there just to like serve the Gallagher's plot devices. But then in season two, especially with their foster kid, they start to like grow some legs, which is nice. Yeah, no Ethel yeah. in this episode. No Kevin and Ethel in this episode. Which, so but like honestly, good because this this writers' room needs to learn to practice editing. Because it tr- sometimes it tries to cram too many things in one episode that don't need to be there. And like you're right, we yes. didn't we didn't need a Kevin V like storyline in this episode. We didn't need it. It wasn't necessary. And yeah, but we did get a little bit of V and Kev just like kind of hanging around in the background, which was always good just to see them hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Kev Kev's like the he's like the balance beam for like all the bar scenes, and then V's there for all like the Fiona more like hearty heart scenes and stuff like that and like that's what it definitely seemed like it was in the beginning but like as you said like as the seasons progress they become more so their own people and then their storylines compatible with like other people's storylines and then they just become one big people as a whole yeah definitely in early seasons kev is mainly there for comic relief and veronica exists as an extension of fiona i think veronica's main purpose in the in season one was to be somebody that fiona relates relays news to so that we find out things <laughs> yeah like yeah. she's kind of used as just like somebody that a character can talk to so that we now know details mm-hmm. which is nice but it, it does seem a little bit 
two-dimensional. So, yeah. But, yeah, I really like this episode. I think it was a good one. Yes, I'm a screenwriting major. Yes, I'm talking about this, but, yeah. No, I love that. I I have a BFA in filmmaking. I will talk about this shit all day long. I love it. Literally, I could talk for hours uninterrupted. And And we did. We talked for about two hours. And honestly, you are, I think you're the biggest shamey stan we have had on so far. Like, our last two guests have watched it, one of them because I forced him to. Um, But I literally come back when, Evan, before you got on the call, she was like, yeah, I want to be here for 306. I want to be here for for, for 411. I want to be, be here for <laughs> I want to be here for Galvich wedding. I want to be here for Oh, of course. We love that for um, you. I love that. Yeah. Whatever other crazy episodes. No, we'll get you we'll for have. the we'll get you for the Galovich centric episodes because you you can dish it out. Yes. I dish it out. I I broke my phone one time because I was so excited that a Galovich deleted scene was released. I dropped my phone and it I, shattered. The day that 408 aired, I was on spring break from college. So, and my college is two hours north. And it was um, my birth, like, it was the weekend before my birthday. So, it aired on a Sunday night. So, I should have been like driving back to school. But I was at my house and we had my birthday. And my parents like let me stay to watch Shameless. And then my dad drove <laughs> me back to school from like 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. so that I could watch Ian and Mickey making out on my birthday. It was so nice. Incredible. Yes. That is so incredible. Such an icon. You're such an icon. <laughs> but yeah, literally, whenever you want to come back, if you see like an episode in season two that you want on, fucking let us know and you're here. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I get to plug my. Oh, yeah, so let's do our wrap up. So, yeah, let's do our wrap up. So, let's plug the show. You guys can follow the show on at Luck We Had on Instagram, at Luck, or at Luck We Had Pod on Instagram, at Luck We Had Pod on Twitter. Uh, You can email us at Luck We Had Pod at gmail.com. And our website is linked in the bios of all of those things. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Please rate us, subscribe. It really does matter. Please let Apple know that you like us. Um, and if and write into us, please, if you are interested, if you've got a fan fiction you want us to read, if you've got stuff you want to say about an episode that's upcoming, even if it's like a season away, we will file it away and we'll talk to you. DM us yes, on Instagram. Talk to us. We want to know what you want to know from us or if you like... Let's let's communicate. But that's where you can follow us. You can follow me at abnormalamanda18 on Instagram and at abnormalamanda on Twitter. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at kojak c o j a c k k. You can follow me on Twitter at Friedman f r l e d m a n. Um, but the L is supposed to be an I, and that's uh, and you can also find me by that same handle f r l e d m a n on TikTok. Awesome. And you can find me on Instagram at I want to die 4,000 or the same thing as my TikTok. I want to die 4,000. I really don't use Twitter as much, but you can follow me on Twitter at internet life. Yo, I made that username in middle school and I have yet to change it. <laughs> but I want to say you thank you so much CJ for joining us. This was thank amazing. Thank you for having me. This was so we, fun. We get so excited every time we have guests and especially like you of all people who have been there since I started watching Shamey. And like, I know how much you're into it as much as me and Amanda. So just, it's always nice to have another fellow always good to go on crazy tangents and just talk exactly this this was really fun guys i had a great time it was probably my favorite episode to record so far yeah i I love definitely be back i love ash and simone a lot no i love you guys a lot but like this was super it was super fun to record this was awesome Uh, (laughs) but yeah so let's let's sign off and let's say bye to let's say bye to our our podcast friends okay thanks for listening everybody raise the review bye